by Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about Chapter 13 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Gryffindor vs. Ravenclaw. This is a fun chapter, I think. Not really. What? Not really. I don't know. I, I had fun taking that in. I wouldn't I say it's a fun chapter. For Harry or for the reader? For Harry, but not for the reader. I thought this was a good chapter, but I guess that's, I guess, I guess everyone's gonna have a different opinion on this chapter. Alright, first sentence. It looked like the end of Ron and Hermione's friendship, which it probably does at least once a book. So Yeah. They, they, their friendship is always just on the brink of it. Yeah. Ron was upset that Hermione hadn't taken Crookshank's attack seriously and that she was still suggesting that he continue to look for scabbers. Uh-huh. And Hermione continued telling Ron that he had been prejudiced against her cat since Crookshank had jumped on his head in the magical menagerie. Yeah. I think that I'm going to have to side with Ron here because Hermione, like we've said before, she got a cat that, like, clearly had it out for Ron's yeah. rat. And it's like, you shouldn't no get... No consideration for her mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, like, you shouldn't go, like, for example, if you go to the dog pound, right, to get a new dog, and you take your, you know, your current dog with you, and it's your like dog a- doesn't get along with the dog you want to get, you're not going to get the new dog that that doesn't get along with your dog because they don't get along. That just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's, you're phrasing it like they're not just going to get along. It's like, one's going to eat the other. <laughs> one's it's, like, it's like, it's like your, your, your roommate's pet is a mice, is a mouse. Yeah. And you decide to go to the dog shelter. You get a dog that wants to eat your roommate's mouse. You just let it go free yeah, in your roommate's that's not, room. Uh, I just don't think that, like, there's not, I just don't think Hermione should have gotten the cat because she just wasn't considerate enough of what how yeah. this was going to affect Ron. Yeah. Who lives in the, like, okay, if Hermione maybe was a Ravenclaw and they've gotten Crookshanks, fine, whatever, you're in two different towers. Yeah. But Ron is in your tower. He's, like, probably, you know. You guys are hanging out all the time. With your pets. So, Hermione should have been more considerate, you know, maybe been sorry. Yeah. And maybe said sorry instead. Maybe apologized. You know, she doesn't though. She's too, and then did something. She has to too much get pride. Crookshanks to stop. Yeah, Harry personally thought that Crookshanks had eaten Scabbers, and when he said that, Hermione had gotten mad at him too. Fred had tried to cheer Ron up by saying that he was always complaining about how boring Scabbers was anyway, and how he probably hadn't felt a thing because it was just a swallow. See, Ron does complain about like Scabbers, but we know that he actually cares about him. You know how he just said it was just a swallow? Yeah. How he wouldn't have felt any pain. He wouldn't. No pelt. No pain would be dealt to him because the, the cat wouldn't have bitten him. It would have just swallowed him, and he'd be dissolving in the stomach. That would have been. I guess yeah. Crookshanks is actually a snake, and so that's yes. She eats her prey. Yes. He eats his prey by by um just swallowing. Yes. And just relying on the stomach to do all the work. But um, that was not a good cheering up method but ron does actually care about scabbers even though he talks about how much you know he doesn't like him or whatever yeah um so ron was still so upset oh wait ron was still upset so harry persuaded him to come to the gryffindor team practice so that he could have a ride on the fireball afterwards when they got to practice madame hooch was just as as amazed by the fireball as everyone else and gave them her professional opinion describing how great it was i i don't really like (laughs) 
This is probably going to sound wrong. But Madam Hooch probably shouldn't be able to get an opinion, a professional opinion. Like, yeah. she's never been on a Quidditch team. She's, like, she's the Quidditch teacher for first years. Yeah. Only first years. And, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like she has any right to give him her professional opinion. Like, like I don't, like... If I'm Harry, I'm just like, I don't need your opinion. Like, yeah. you taught me Quidditch in first year, and you're not even that good of a teacher, so. Yeah, like, his profe- their profe- the professional opinion is the cost of the broom, mm-hmm. the look of the broom, and the professional opinion of everybody else who's given a professional opinion. Basically, yeah. And you, don't you think you would have actually, like, seen, like, Quidditch? Like uh, critic reviews. Yeah, the there brand. were definitely I think B reviews in the in the Daily Prophet. Like, is this a worthy broom? Or like, on, like the, the the area where like they had the broom set up in diagonal. Oh yeah, like you know, like on books where it says like yeah, there I couldn't been put a... this book down. I couldn't put this broom down. Like yeah, like that. That would have been um nice. yeah. So once they got started, Hooch and Ron sat in stands, and Oliver told Harry that he had found out that Ravenclaw's seeker was Cho Chang, a fourth year, and she was only writing. I didn't put it in the notes, but I think a comment two sixty. It's a comment. Yeah, okay, comment two sixty. So she was not writing nearly as good of a broom as Harry. But I think no matter what broom you're writing, the sensation of writing, like flying of magic broom is probably just amazing. And like even if I wasn't on the Quidditch team, I would definitely get a broom. And okay, I think I've said this before, but one of the main reasons to Harry's success as a seeker is his Nimbus. Yeah. And his firebolt now. But I think, I think that riding a broom, no matter what, if you're at Hogwarts, like, I wouldn't be on the Quidditch team, probably. I probably wouldn't be good enough. Yeah. But I would most certainly get a broom just to ride around the grounds. Like, that would just be so much fun. Mm. Harry flew around for a little bit, getting used to the speed and agility of the broom when Oliver released the snitch and he caught it within 10 seconds. They continued the practice and Oliver didn't have a single criticism to make. It was their best practice yet. Uh, Wood said that he didn't know what would stop them at the match unless Harry hadn't solved his defensive problem. I love that Oliver's just like, I don't know what would stop us. Harry, though, are you, it's your dementia problem. Are you going to ruin this match again for us? Like, how's that going? I, that's just like his In only that concern. case, get out of here. Yeah, uh, Harry, we're going to have to replace you with Neville Longbottom. Any, Neville Longbottom, did you hear me? Oh, Neville, come out from under the stand. Stop hiding. Neville Longbottom, table for one. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be pretty funny. Harry said that he and he had and Fred reassured them that if the Dementors showed up, then Dumbledore would go ballistic. But what can Dumbledore do anyway than use, other than use Expecto Patronum? Like, he... He can't really do anything. He can like, yell at them. talk? I think you can talk to Dementors, because Fudge said he talked to one once. But I don't know that he, they can talk. Dementors are so weird, because the, the main problem with the Dementor situation is that Dementors in the movies are much different than Dementors in the books. Yeah, not really. Well, they really are, because, for example, Fudge talked to the Dementors in the book, but yes. in the movie, um, there, yeah. it doesn't seem like Dementors can talk. Yeah. So I associate Dementors more with the movie version rather than the book version yeah because the book versions seem more like humans like like weird humans but the the movie version seems like a yeah. completely different creature that is weirdly made into existence you know yeah so while the rest of the team went to the locker rooms harry handed ron the broom and he mounted it and then flew around until madame hooch woke up and told them to go back to the castle they started walking 
to the castle and were halfway there when Harry turned around and saw a pair of eyes in the darkness. That is terrifying. Like, <laughs> not that out, terrifying. If I'm that outside, I think, like, it's probably Miss Norris. If I'm outside, no, but, like, literally if you're outside in your backyard and it's dark and you look up and you see a pair of eyes in the darkness. Why is it always only the pair of eyes that you true, see first? Yeah. It's, like, it's not like they're glow. They're, they're like, glow. comically yellow eyes. Yeah, it's not like they're any brighter. Yeah, and, like, like, especially if you have brown eyes, you can't even see them anyway. They just look black. Yeah. So, it doesn't even make sense. But that would be pretty terrifying. Yes. And then, plus, if you're seeing eyes, you are seeing the whole figure in the darkness. And yes. that, that is just horrifying. Mm. I've said terrifying several times, but it would be. Harry pulled out his wand and said, Lumos. They saw crouching in the leaves was Crookshanks, who Ron chased away. Harry let out a sigh of relief because he was sure that he had seen the eyes of a groom. The next morning, Harry headed down to breakfast with his fireball, and everyone was staring in shock and amazement. Would you name your dog? Why did he bring his fireball to breakfast? <laughs> because he... I understand that he has a match, but why does everybody do that? Why does he always He's do like, that? He's like, hey, let me just show off my broom before we get started. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit, like, flaunting. Yeah. Like, if I were Harry, I would be concerned first that people are going to try to steal my broom because it's I know. so good. It's, it's, like, it's like you bringing, like, a diamond ring to school. But even more flashy because it, the broom is big. Yeah. It's taller than Harry. So, so ba- basically a crown with a diamond. Sure, <laughs> sure. Wearing wear, your crown to wear school. It, and then putting it in your backpack while ev- when everybody's seeing or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, like, it's kind of, like, It's, like, bound to get stolen. It's, like, it's, it's such like, a valuable and good item. Mm-hmm. But it's something, you can't even relate it to something in real life. Because, like, it's a, br- it's huge, you know? Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's taller than you, and you're, like, carrying it into the thing, and not, like, this is one of the first sales of the fireball. Like, not that many people can afford one. In real life, you could compare it to a real broom. That that has diamonds in it. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my broom to school. Oliver made room to set the firebolt down in the middle of the table, and several people from Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff came over to see the broom. Percy told the table that him and Penelope had bet ten galleons on who was going to win the match. That's a lot of money. That is, especially from a Weasley. Yeah. Percy whispered to Harry, make sure you win, because he didn't have ten galleons. Which, I don't know that I'd be willing to give 10 galleons up yeah. for a bet. I wouldn't have made that bet, because, especially in Ravenclaw, like, Penelope, sorry, but what are you doing? Yeah. 10 galleons, and there's Harry Potter on the Gryffindor Quidditch team. I like, know, and he just got a fireball. Yeah. Like, I can assume, like, if Harry Potter isn't there maybe making this bet, like, it's like any team could win just because they're all equally, they're on equal ground, but... This is Harry Potter we're talking yes. about. Like, he's gonna win. This is, like, this the, the Hufflepuff loss was, like, a fluke, you know? Mm-hmm. Draco came over to the table, saying that it was a shame that the Fireball didn't have a parachute in case the Dementors come. Harry said that it was a pity that Draco couldn't attach extra arms to his, because then it could catch the snitch for him. The Gryffindors laughed loudly, and Draco went back to his table. At 11, the team headed to the locker. 11 o'clock. And breakfast is, like, at 8, right? Yeah. That's a, that Why did you need to bring your broom down? That means down. he's carrying his broom around for a very long time. Three hours. Yeah. Uh, the team headed to the locker room. It was a clear, cool day with a light breeze. Practically perfect conditions. 
perfectly perfect in every way. Yeah, it's Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins' conditions. As they were heading to leave the locker room, Oliver said that as long as they flew like they had a practice, practice uh, they would be fine. They would be fine, yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they did have a good practice, so, like, like I would, if I were them and I had been at that practice, I would be very inspired to do well, hmm. you know? Uh, inspiration. Inspiration, yeah. Inspiration. Like, you know, you take your hand and sweep it across and it's just the word inspiration. Inspiration. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys know, what, you guys can picture what yes. we're doing. Sweep your hand across the, across the air and just the word appears in purple And letters. we'll say it for you. Inspiration. Okay. Uh, they walked on into the pitch to a roar of applause. Harry saw the Ravenclaw team already on the field and spotted Cho Chang. It was the only girl on the team. I find that kind of surprising. Like, yeah. Like, it's Ravenclaw. I like, don't know. And Gryffindor has, like, three girls on the team. Yeah. Like, because, and especially, like, I don't know, like, I feel like, like, I don't know. Girls are just, like, like, I feel like they might be better at Quidditch just because, they're more like they're smaller, more agile, maybe. I guess. So yeah. maybe it doesn't have anything to do with that because they're on brooms, but maybe it does. I don't know. More like, aerodynamic. I, just, I find it surprising that Cho Chang is the only girl on that team. Like, yeah. Wood shook hands with the Ravenclaw captain, and everyone mounted their brooms and kicked off. Harry soared around the stadium, looking for the snitch and trying to listen to Lee Jordan's commentary, who kept talking about the fireball. Like he was just stuck on the fireball. Like he couldn't talk about anything else yeah. but the fireball. Cho was following slowly behind Harry, so he sped up and spotted the snitch near the ground by one of the barriers. He dived for it, Cho close behind him, but then a bludger came out of nowhere and he had to veer off course and lost the snitch. Darn you, bludger. Fred Weasley vented his feelings by hitting the other bludger directly at the Ravenclaw beater who had to roll over in midair to avoid it. Why didn't he hit it at Cho? Oh my gosh, that would be so mean. But it, it wasn't be that mean. It wasn't Cho's fault. It wasn't Cho's fault. So still, that's the goal. It wasn't Cho's fault. If he puts Cho out of business, he's gonna he's, he's gonna then he's gonna get it. Yeah. So Lee Jordan said that Cho's comment was no match for the fireball, and that his proficient balance is really noticeable <laughs> in these long <laughs> matches. Whenever yelled at him to Cho's, get on with the comment. Cho's comment really sucks. <laughs> How could I couldn't even imagine writing that kind of Imagine <laughs> the shame. But Murderer yelled at him to get on with the commentating and stop advertising. That's like, that's so funny. Oh gosh, that comment is so slow. Try the new fireball. Yeah. <laughs> so by now Ravenclaw was only fifty points behind and Harry saw the snitch circling the goal post. By now, Ravenclaw was. Uh, yep. Wait, I, <laughs> so he's he accelerated, but before he could get to the snitch, Cho appeared in front of him, blocking his way. Wood yelled at Harry to knock her off of her broom if he had to. I can imagine Lee right now just Cho going really slow on that comment. How did she get in front of Harry? <laughs> what that that fireball is supposed to be really fast. What is happening? Harry turned and saw Cho, who was grinning. He rose up 20 feet and saw Cho following him, so he dove and Cho with a poor attempt to outrun to outrun Harry on his fireball, but look at how slow that comet is and going. And then he came upward very sharply to throw Cho off. He saw the snitch again, and it was above the Ravenclaw field. He went for the snitch, and Cho followed, and on the way to the snitch, Cho screamed, and saw, Harry saw Dementors below him looking at him. 
He pulled out his wand and cast Expecto Patronum, but it didn't look. Uh, but he didn't look to see if the spell was successful and grabbed the snitch. What? He didn't see. So unexpected. Yeah, so unexpected. It's like I haven't read this book before. Madame Hooch blew the whistle, and his team surrounded Harry. When he left the ground, a crowd of Gryffindors sprinted onto the field. Everyone congratulated him, and Lupin congratulated him on his Patronus, but told him that those weren't their mentors. On the field were Malfoy, Crabbe, Goyle, and Flint in black hooded robes. That is so, like, just mean. Yeah. And, like, like, Harry did nothing to provoke that. Like, like, it's just so, like, it's like, it just doesn't make sense why they did that. It's like going to a kid who's, like, has, like, been traumatized by something. Like a fear of clowns or something. And showing up at a soccer game dressed up in a clown suit. Like, he's been traumatized by something bad happening. Yeah. And then they try to do that. Yeah, know? it's just, it's like, it's horrible. It's messed up. Just because Harry didn't do anything, you know, to, to make that them do that to him. And it just, it's mean. And yeah, it's just, he shouldn't have Minerva done. took 50 points from Slytherin, gave them detention, and said that she would speak with Dumbledore about it. Ron started laughing, and jo- George said that there was a party in the Gryffindor common room. They went to the party, and it went on all day and well into the night. That way, I mean, like, what can you do at a party that's good <laughs> I know. The only person that wasn't joining in was Hermione, who needed to finish homework and said that Ron didn't want her to join in anyway. Of course. I mean, I wouldn't want her to join in either. I wouldn't. But also, like, Hermione is kind of throwing herself a pity party. Just being like, oh, no one wants me to join in, you know, like, sitting in the corner. And you shouldn't do that, because, like, first of all, no one likes someone who does that. Yeah. And then you're not doing yourself any favors, because you're kind of making yourself think that no one wants you to join in when... There probably is at least, you know, one person who would yeah. who would be happy with you talking. At to that them. moment, Ron yelled that Scabbers was used to like fudge flies, and Hermione burst into tears and went to the girls' <laughs> common room. Drew, drew you know, what Scabbers used to like fudge flies. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, good, good, good one, Ron. Ron came over to Harry and said that he did it because she wasn't sorry and acted as if he wasn't dead and he had gone on vacation. I mean, like, he's kind of being a little bit over the top, but she does just need to apologize. That's, like, the best. That's the best. Even if you think that you didn't do something that someone is accusing you of doing and they're upset with you, you should always just apologize because it's easier to do that than to continue having them mad at you. Yeah. So that night, Harry dreamt that he was in a forest following a silvery white thing. Wait, oh no, sorry. At one in the morning, Minerva came in and told everyone to go to bed. That night, Harry dreamt that he was in a forest following a silver. Harry dreamt that white he was thing. a forest. No, that he was in a forest. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I am forest. Me, speak with the tree. <laughs> I am the Lorax, and I speak for the tree. As he turned a corner while following it, he woke up to Ron screaming about Sirius Black. He said that he woke up. Uh, he said that he woke up to Sirius Black, who had slashed his curtains. Ron said that it was that it wasn't a dream, and everyone, it, everyone woke up to the commotion. I mean, that would be pretty terrifying, like waking up and seeing, because kind of yeah. like, kind of like with the eyes thing, like seeing just this figure next to your bed with a yeah. knife. That would be terrifying. Percy told everyone to go to bed when Minerva came in. Ron explained what happened and told them to ask Sir Cadogan. Where do you think her room Sir is? Cadogan Where do you think McGonagall's room is? I'm not sure. I think it's her room is like at the very, like maybe like the very top of Gryffindor um, Tower or something. But I think that, but the, the, you know, everyone's rooms are in Gryffindor Tower. So That's that wouldn't true. make any sense. 
I always thought that the teachers' rooms were connected to their classrooms. But that wouldn't huh. really make that much sense. That would yeah, be kind of weird. Yeah. But I that's what I've always, like, imagined, especially because, like, I know that Lockhart's office is connected to his classroom, but I always, like, just imagined his office as his room. Like, Lockhart sleeps, eats, lives in his <laughs> office. Signing so, letters. That's all he does. Uh, he said yes, and that the entire he had that he had the entire weeks written down on a piece of paper. Minerva asked what abysmally foolish person wrote it down on wait, a piece of paper and left it lying. Wait, around. that just you just like that doesn't but, even make sense. Yes, Ron explained what happened and told them to ask if Sir Cadogan had seen him. Yeah, Sir Sirius Black. And who had written the entire weeks down? It says right here. Look at that note. It doesn't make sense. He said yes, Sirius Black. And that and said that he, he had, said yes and said that he had oh serious Sirius black, black said that, had the entire okay. weeks written down on a piece of paper. Minerva asked what abysmally foolish person wrote it down on a piece of paper and left it lying around. And Neville wrote his hand. Last sentence. Neville Longbottom, trembling head from head to fully slippered toes, fluffy, fluffy slippered toes, raised his hand slowly in the air. Oh no, Neville! You're yes. you're you're ruining you're ruining yourself yet again. Uh, I mean, like, gosh, if I were were Neville, I would have done it too. And like, spoilers, we know it's, you know, it's not his fault that this happens. But it's kind of mean. Minerva's being kind of mean right now. I don't know. He did leave a list full of passwords to the Gryffindor common room out when there's a murderer on the list. I mean, that's true, but you probably... But you probably shouldn't go be sending your your these kids to school, including a child... Who a murderer is hunting? They're probably he's probably the Hogwarts is probably much safer than him staying at home. Mm, probably, like because Sirius but... most likely knows where the Dursleys' house is. I mean that's true, but I don't think they should be putting other students at risk. I don't know. I think if I am in the magical world, obviously in real life, it's probably safer for you to stay home or just relocate. But um, you know, in Hogwarts, Hogwarts is much safer because Dumbledore is there than anywhere yeah. else. So. Um, in this universe, I think that, um, sure, we can lock Harry up in Gringotts. That is what we shall do. But I think that in this universe, it's probably the safest thing for everyone to just go to school. All right, so we don't have any movie goose for today, so we can move straight into our news section. Hogsmeade Journal. So, um, the first part is Emma Watson is close to signing on to a new Harry Potter I thought she wasn't going to return to the series. Well... It was in a new article that someone who's on the... They just called him an insider, which is, like, an insider. But, like, is he really an insider? Is yeah. he just, like, a, you know, someone low on the Warner Brothers rank? Yeah. But, um, apparently they've been talking to her, and she's pretty close to signing on to it. Which I think that, um, maybe there's probably someone out there who could Do you know play what the movie is gonna be? Chris Child. Oh, that. I mean, I think that... Um, there's probably, you know, better actors out there for that yeah. movie, but I think that it's going to be better than having a new face as Hermione. Definitely. Especially in something as the movies, like the plays, you're going to have to get a new cast. Like, that's totally fine. I don't care. And like, it's, it, I'm sure there are amazing actors on those plays that are much better than Emma Watson. Yes. But it's going to be, uh, I think, cool to have just like the original Golden Trio in this new movie rather than completely different adults yeah um and then the second one is that the same insider who told people this has also said that the harry potter and fantastic beasts universe will cross over at some point which is 
that's kind of stupid because they it's are still the same over. universe. Like it's always been the same universe, and we've always known that. Like Newt Scamander makes appearances in the Harry Potter books through his book. Yeah, and well, also in the Marauders Map. In the movie, yeah. Um, which is kind of weird. I think it's gonna be stupid, like but... I think it's gonna be like they find like like they see Harry or something like as a child um, or something. Maybe or like Tom Riddle, young Tom Riddle, which a lot of people have been oh, speculating. Yeah. Or Hagrid, I think also people have been speculating about Hagrid. Okay, so um, today we're gonna be talking about the main types of pets in the Wizarding world. So we're not talking about like. Like, hey, th- this is Hedwig, and this is what Hedwig does. You guys know who those are. We're talking about the pets in the s- kind of like Salem Witch Trials Wizarding World, and okay. like how they were, how they were like seen. You'll see, you'll see. It's gonna be good. So we're gonna start with familiars because if you know what those are, then everything else will make a lot more sense. And I know what before are. taking these notes, I had no idea what a familiar was, so we'll just go straight into that. So familiars are animals that serve a witch or wizard, or no, a witch, because there weren't wizards, a witch in the Salem Witch Trials in various ways, whether as servants, messengers, and spies. So this is a real witch, not a Harry Potter witch. So that's why it's just Uh witch, not wizard. Familiars do not exist in the wizarding world, and the animals that students bring to Hogwarts are just pets. Owls are sent as messengers, but in a similar way to the muggle pigeon post, which you see in movies, right? Um, And familiars, so basically familiars are, during the Salem Witch Trials, when uh, people would see, like, a black cat. That's a familiar. Wait, so when we're talking about these pets, none of these exist in the Harry Potter universe. No. Because, okay, for a quick background, we'll probably do an episode on the Salem Witch Trials, maybe two, but... Basically, um, during the Salem Witch Trials, which uh, women were accused of being witches because they had certain, like, like, they would practice medicine and use weird, like, nature ingredients rather than, they were just, they did things that were kind of unusual, so women, so people thought that the women were witches. Yes. Not all, but, you know, the ones that practiced these things. And then some of them would have, like, a cat or a toad or a rat, maybe, and then... Um, people believe that they were, like, carrying messages, messages, or being messengers for the witches, and that is what a familiar is. So this has nothing to do with Harry Potter? No. Okay. But it's just, it's just a fun analysis. Especially because, um, but mythology, but true mythology. Like, completely, we know this is true. Familiar, but... This is, like, the history of the certain type of familiar. But familiars are familiars real. are not real. Yes, then why do you'll, you say you'll see mythology? you'll see once we get to the notes, um, like because there were actual animals in the Salem witch trials. Well, yes. Okay, we'll 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 get to it. So we're gonna start with owls. Owls are the symbol of the Roman goddess of wisdom Minerva. Her Greek counterpart Athena is also represented by an owl. Owls have a reputation for being wise. Winnie the Pooh owl. I just put like um. So, Winnie the Pooh Owl, like, if you've seen that, you know that he's supposed to be wise, and he's who everyone goes to to be, like, to yes. get advice and everything. So, uh, I think that's I think that's why they put him in, the, yes. in that film. Like and that. many myths portrayed them as bringers of death and dark prophecy. If you listen to our owl episode, you probably understand. You're going to, like, recall a lot of this. Ron wasn't in that episode. 
Because owls can see in the dark, superstitions about their magical abilities are often uh, associated Mm -hmm. with the darker side of witchcraft. Uh, like, yeah, because, so basically, um, like I said, if you listen to the owl episode, you're gonna understand a lot more. Maybe, I don't know if I need to explain this, but owls are, like, they come, they wake, they sleep during the day, and during the night do they do their hunting and all, and I think that's mainly because they're not gonna be seen during night, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, like, it's easier for them to hunt, maybe, um, and they have something similar to, like, night vision, I guess, um. So in Macbeth, Shakespeare uses an owl's screech to signal a death, which shows how animals, sorry, owls were seen as bad omens during the Renaissance. So um, Shakespeare, the writer, wrote Macbeth the play, and then they used an owl's screech to signal a death. Yes. And so, yeah. All right, on to cats, which I just thought, like, doing pets would be so fitting, just because, in especially in book three, pets are really important yes and like like with crookshanks and scabbers and like they're they're much more prominent in this book so then you know when you get to it's not like when you're rereading it you're like oh crud they know they like mention scabbers a lot just so that when you get to the climax it's like hey you know you were kind of seeing this coming but not really yeah okay so cats are often associated with witchcraft and is the stereotypical familiar so like when you watch uh when you read a book and it's like the witch with the cat on the broom. Yes. The association of cats and witches go back centuries during the Salem witch trials. Tatuba, one of the first to be accused of witchcraft, was said to have two cats, one black and one red. I've never seen a red cat. Yeah. I've seen orange cats. Orange cats are really cute. I want one named Crookshanks. So Maybe wanna... they just called her red. Yeah. I wanna get a red I want if you had to get a cat, what color would you want? I would want either an orange cat named Crookshanks or an orange cat named Buttercup. I'd want an orange cat. An orange cat. They're really cute, and it's just like a cute color. Or a white cat. White cats are cute, too. Black cats are cute. Really, all cats are cute. They are cute. We, our, our brother, our, our other brother, our older brother had a black cat. and But th- I got scratched. Oh, it scratched one, yeah. But it was a very cute cat. Cats are just adorable. It was very cute. Um, yeah, so the book used to identify and, uh, used against witches, Malleus Maleficarum, I probably butchered that, but there you go, or the Hammer of Witches, so Malleus Maleficarum is the Latin, uh, and then the Hammer of Witches is the translation to English, and that book mentions cats a lot, so basically I looked into this book, and you can read it, but it was written in, like, 1490-something, so it's really old. But it's basically, like, how to identify a witch, what a witch does. Yeah. Um, do you want to, like, hold on. Let's let's look at it really quickly so we can give a little bit of context. So, if you go into Google, you can get a preview of it. You can preview 47 pages of it for free. And the cover is creepy. It's, like, a painting. Of a lion? An times painting. something? Okay. So, like, like there's, like, random... Um, like, it's basically a long story, but in, like, numbered parts, you know? Yeah. So, that's, that's, you guys can, if you're, if you're really interested in witchcraft, or the Salem witch trials in general, you can look at that, because it's, it's a really cool, um, I mean, I'm probably not gonna read this, but. Probably not. But it's pretty cool. So, 
The book also has a tale of how three cat familiars attacked a workman, and when he struck them, the three witches that owned them felt the attacks too. Devil's Toad Trevor is- Oh, I didn't put- Darn it, I didn't put like a separation between- Oh. But yeah, so- We've all seen, like, you know, especially in, like, like if you've seen Hocus Pocus, yes. cats are used a lot in that movie Yeah, to, uh, to like, you know. It's just, when you think of witches, you don't think of owls, you think of cats. Yeah. So, I think a Salem Witch Trials episode would be really fun to talk about, mm-hmm. because we could get really deep into, like, the history of witchcraft, and just, like, how they were all okay. found out, and I just think that would be fun. Toads were very uh, We're going into toads now. Toads were a very useful ingredient. Oh, no, go to this one. Okay. That one. Neville Sir Trevor is the only pet toad that we see in the Harry Potter books and also has an association with witchcraft. Toads were a very useful ingredient that used to make folk medicine during the Dark Ages. I think folk medicine was, like... I'm not sure, but I think folk medicine was supposed to be something that, like, wasn't... That was more associated with, like, witches rather than, um, like, okay, let's, let's look this up. How did they identify witches in the Salem Witch Trials? It already comes up. To identify witches, authority used the touching test in which victims of witchcraft would become calm upon touching the culprit. No one was burned at the stake in the Salem Witch Trials. What? This barely makes sense. What? So I guess someone would touch the witch. Who was, like, a victim of, like, the witch. And they would become calm. Yeah. I guess the witch somehow calmed them. I don't really understand that. But, um... Oh, wait, there's another one. Swimming test. As part of the infamous swimming test, accused witches were dragged to the nearest body of water, stripped to their undergarments, bound, and then tossed into the sea, to see if they would flo- sink or float. That's kind of creepy. So it's like, it is. I guess I think sinking would be, sinking would be They're you're witch. not a witch. Oh, because if they were a witch, they would try to save themselves. Oh, everyone floats though, so it's kind of stupid. But flo- I guess floats is you're 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 a witch. Sinks is you're not a witch. But I feel like if you sink, you're just gonna die anyway. So it's kind of a stupid yeah. test. It's like, we're going to kill you either by drowning you or by not drowning you, so. Well, you probably just get them out. Those are your options. Do you want to read all of the different, the different identifications? I, I guess. Okay, we can just go down this loophole. I didn't put this in the notes, but. Okay. A prayer test. A medieval wisdom held that witches were incapable of speaking scripture aloud, so accused sorcerers were made to recite selections from the Bible, usually the Lord's Prayer, without making mistakes or omissions. So, like, I guess they just had to read from the Bible. Yeah. Or, no, no, no. They had to do it from memory. So, so many ads so. keep popping up. I know. This is history.com. Too many ads. Okay, three, the touch test. We already talked about this one. Uh, witch cakes. You can go ahead. A bizarre form of counter magic, the witch cake was a supernatural dessert used to identify suspected evil doers. In case of mysterious illness or possession, witch hunters would take a sample of the victim's urine, mix it with rye meal and ashes, to, and bake it into a cake. This stomach-turning concoction was then fed to a dog. The familiars or animal helpers of the witches, in the hope that the beast would fall under its spell and reveal the name of the guilty sorcerer. Okay, so basically that's disgusting. So they would feed it to the dog in the hopes that the dog would go 
this is the name of the witch. <laughs> that doesn't really make that much sense, but I guess that's it. Witch's marks. No, I think you have to feed it to the witch's familiar. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so five, witch's marks. Witch hunters often had their suspects stripped and publicly examined for signs of an unsightly blemish that witches were said to receive upon making their pact with Satan. This devil's mark could supposedly change shape and color and was believed to be numb and insensitive to pain. So I guess it's just, um, like a mark. Yeah, like a birthmark kind of, but not a birthmark. Alright, seven, this is the last one. Incantations. Also known as charging, this test involves forcing the accused witch to verbally or order the devil to let the possessed victim come out of their fit or trance. Other people would also utter the words to act as a control, and judges would then gauge whether the statements had any effect on the victim's conditions. Char- okay. So basically, um, they would make them- like, the vic- they would make the victim okay again, I guess. And if they were okay again, then they were a witch. Yeah. This is weird. That was weird. It is. That was weird. There were so many so-called witches during the Dark Ages that- Okay, uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. There were so many so- uh, so-called witches during the Dark Ages that practiced folk medicine using only natural ingredients. One of them, Ursula Kemp, was tried for witchcraft in 1582 and was said to have many familiars, including a black toad, called pigeon high gun i think high gun pigeon we can just call it pigeon <laughs> pigeon <laughs> rats as familiars cats aren't as common rats rats aren't as common as cats and toads but they were involved in the famous 1618 trial of the three witches of belvoir this case was famous because they were accused by the earl of rutland for the death of his two sons henry and francis he was like they died of natural causes but like why don't I just accuse these three these three women of doing it? You literally just said that his children died of natural causes before he did. The king. Oh, <laughs> I guess that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, okay, they didn't die of natural causes, but I guess we'll never oh. know. So that's that's basically the end of our magical pets analysis. I learned a lot of stuff when I was taking these notes. Hopefully you guys did too. I did too. Uh, it was interesting. Um, so... Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to email us at insidehogwartspod at gmail.com. You guys can let us know any of your thoughts on what we talked about in this episode. And if you're interested in us doing like a Salem Witch Trials episode or maybe two, like maybe a two-part yeah. one, uh, just email us, let us know, because then we can know what you guys want us to do episodes on. Uh, if you have any like episode ideas, like how we did the unpopular opinions, it wasn't really like part of the chapter, but we did it. So, uh-huh. If you guys have any ideas like that, you can email us that and tell us, and we'll try to do it. So, you guys can check out our website, InsideHogwarts.com. We have all of our episodes posted there, and we have a little bit about us there that you can check out and read. And you guys can leave us a quick review and rating on Apple Podcasts. That would help us out so much, and we would really appreciate it. Yes. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for another episode of Inside Hogwarts. 